Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Andrea. <laughs> we are bringing you the Real Moms Real Life podcast, your guide to self-empowerment and taking on each day as your best self. This is episode number 48. We are continuing our talk about sleep. Let us know if there are any topics you would like to hear. Don't forget, all the resources on this podcast are meant for information purposes only and not to be confused for medical advice or treatment. Welcome back. Thanks. So since this is just a continuation from last week, we're going to skip our updates and real mom moments and tips of the week, and we're going to go pretty soon into our kind of my topic, but I know you wanted to talk a little bit about your meditative work. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So I think one thing that gets missed a lot in baby sleep issues is how you as a parent deal with lack of sleep and just the crying and things like that when you don't know what to do. So I think one of the things that has helped me the most is really just practicing deep breathing when he's crying, just really going into like, okay, just deep breathing, calming myself down. And it allows me to, you know, think better. It's like, okay, like when was the last time he, you know, had a diaper change? When did he eat? How did our day go? You know, it just really calms you down instead of getting you this like, oh my God, what's wrong? Something's wrong with them, blah, blah, blah. I'm a failure as a mom <laughs> type of thinking. And I think it also, if, especially if they're on you, it really helps them regulate their breathing. And sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes they just keep shrieking. But um, that's okay. It's going to help you. And it's also going to let them know that like you're calm. Like you are totally cool and unruffled and comfortable with their big, strong emotions. And I definitely suggest going back and listening to I don't know which episode it is, but the one where we talk about like the, you know, we're crying is a, is a stress release and just definitely look at like the aware baby or the RIE stuff, because it really is. I think once you can realize that crying is normal, it makes it a lot easier. So I think that's one really, really big thing to help you, I don't know, deal with that. And then can I say one more thing? Sorry. I think the other thing is, is if you have a partner, I understand that not everybody has a partner is from an early age, make it normal that your partner is helping out. Like, obviously I was nursing, you know, from an early age, so Adam couldn't do that. But once we got in the crib and we, you know, I was like, I'm not going to nurse him every 20 minutes if that's when he's waking up. Like Adam went in there regularly. Like it was like, we basically have done like in every other waking, we switch on and off. So it's like that way, like it was normal. And yes, like he definitely shrieked way more when Adam went in there. And yes, it was really hard to listen to it. But like, I would just sit there and still practice my deep breathing and be like, this is for my benefit. <laughs> like, this is for me, because even though I am clearly not sleeping right now, um, I know like I want Remy to get used to dad going in there. Like I read enough, you know, stories about mom being the only one that could like calm down baby. And like, uh, uh-uh. it was just like, was not, it was not an option. Like he had to learn. I don't know. End of story. So make your partner do it. And, um, and then also just be really consistent with each other. Like, so we're, we'll be really on the same page of like, okay, we are not picking him up out of his crib. So that way, like one of us isn't going and picking him up and the other one isn't. Um, Sometimes, like, if I pick him up, I'll, I'll let Adam know if he's, you know, then crying. I'll be like, I totally just picked him up. You know, this is that way he can pick him up, too. So that way it's not this, like, dad doesn't pick me up, but mom does kind of thing. Um, so that has really, really helped. And then the last thing is coffee. I, I really like coffee. <laughs> it helps me a lot throughout the day. <laughs> the whole, like, 
Nap with baby nap sounds great, but I've honestly never done. I think I've taken like two naps since while babies napped. <laughs> so yeah, sure. Say, take that advice. I don't know. It doesn't work. I don't I know most moms it does not work for, especially if you're a working mom. So yeah. All right, Beth, <laughs> on to you. No, this was, that was great. I, um, so I was not into all of this. I'm going to call it like woo-woo, natural, holistic parenting when my first was born. So I just kind of went with it. I feel like I went with the flow. And in the beginning, we kind of, we didn't have a set schedule, but it was sort of a, like a three-hour cycle, which then became a two-hour cycle. And it was just like every two hours she nursed. And in between that, we played. We did like kind of eat, awake, sleep. And then I did, before I went to, well, before I went back to work, I did take naps while she napped. And her naps were often short, but she had them and she had them frequently throughout the day. Um she was addicted to her swaddle. We had a really hard time getting away from that. So we transitioned to the magic sleep suit. And that was for us the best thing that got us as much sleep as possible. But we were also at the point where when I was working, it was just so much easier for me to just nurse her back to sleep. Because if I nursed her back to sleep, I would be in there for 10, 15 minutes. Like, yeah, I could have sent my husband in there, but then she's going to wake up in a little bit later and then I'd have to nurse her anyway. And I was waking up when she woke up anyway. So um, I love getting my husband involved. But for when it's going to take 10 minutes and I'm awake anyway, I might as well for some of those. And they were quick. So that cycle kind of set us off a little bit and um, finally got unbearable around eight to nine months because our at night it used to be a three-hour cycle. And then it became a two-hour cycle and waking up every two hours feeding her at eight months old is was rough it was like eight months of not getting more than two to three hours of sleep in a row plus I'd have trouble falling back to sleep and that was difficult um so I started reading some books and I read uh, The No Cry Sleep Solution and I read Richard Ferber's book as well which People often kind of associate with Cry It Out, although um, he does not call it Cry It Out. It's it's called Progressive Waiting. I tried the No Cry Sleep Solution for one night, and my back couldn't handle it because it's all this pick up, put down, pick up, put down, pick up, put down. Make sure you're putting down baby when they're awake. And I was having – I had back issues that started um, – you know, around my baby's fourth month. And and I just, I, I wasn't, I couldn't do it. I And so I went back to just letting her, nursing her. And then my husband was out of town. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to start. I think the, um, the Richard Ferber suggests starting with setting a timer for five minutes. So I said, you know what? I hold her a lot during the day. I give her a lot of loving. I'm going to set the timer for five minutes and because I needed a break and my husband wasn't around to give me that break. So I put her in there. I set the timer for five minutes. At four minutes and 50 seconds, she fell asleep. No problem. And slept for great. I fed her, I want to say she slept like four hours or something like that, which was a whole new ball game compared to the two to three that she had. So I kept feeding her probably twice a night until closer to a year, maybe. She was a snacker. 
so she didn't she got so distracted during nursing during the day that she was not feeding and i think you mentioned this when we were talking with cassandra that night weeding actually made your child eat better during the day so I didn't ever figure that out. We had a bit of a forced night wean because, and actually I guess forced weaning kind of all sort of happened around the same time. We, at 14, when my daughter was 14 months, we moved to New, to new from New Jersey to Westchester, but I was still working in New Jersey and I would leave before she woke up in the morning and I would get back before she, after she went to bed at night. And it was after a year and I was not going to pump anymore and all of these things. So I was like, okay, so... We're just going to be done with all of this. And and it worked fine. And then after that, she she really did, has slept really well since. She's always been really good at going down on her own every so often. We have, like, last this past week, she's been a little bit scared. She watched a video that was a little scarier. It was Michael Jackson's Thriller music video. That's not a good video for a four-year-old to watch before bed, Okay. And so my husband felt really bad about it. And she's laying in bed and she's like, I'm scared. Can you lay with me? So he laid with her and he laid with her for three nights. And I said, honey, it's too many nights. Um, but he felt bad. So he did it. And of course, in the middle of the night, she came into our room because she had trouble falling back to sleep. So you, the fourth night I went in and I said, you know, before bed, and I said, no, we're not going to lay with you tonight. And I told her, you know, gave her things to think. I said, you know, she said, I can't get the scary dream out of my head. And I said, well, we have to think about something fun. So I gave her suggestions. She's like, how about giraffes? I said, yeah, giraffes. And she likes to feed giraffes lettuce. And so I said, oh, and she goes, yeah. And how about chocolate? I said, well, how about we feed them chocolate-shaped lettuce? Or lettuce-shaped chocolate or something, whatever it is. And she goes, yeah, okay. And she's like, I did it. I got the, I got the scary stuff out of my head. And then she feels fine, and she went to sleep fine. Um, we did not ever do um, – well, we did pacifiers, but we got rid of that when we first did our Richard Ferber progressive waiting. So that was around that eight to nine months we got rid of the pacifier. Uh, she has loveys, so she has a stuffed animal and a tag blanket that she ha- probably has to have to sleep. And if she doesn't, well, I, it, it would be tough. But we have enough other stuff that we'd make it work. But uh, she gets pretty bummed if we can't find them. Um, so we do have that. And then we didn't do nightlights for a while. But then around three and a half or so, she started getting afraid of the dark. And... I think it's really important to validate her fears. I don't want to say that the, hey, no, like you shouldn't be afraid of the dark. It's like, okay, well, what can we do about this? You know, when your eyes are closed, it's dark anyway. And it's like, no. So we got an amber nightlight and we put it behind the dresser. And that wasn't enough for a little bit. So then we switched to, um, we have this, like a ladybug that puts stars in the ceiling. So she'll do that. And sometimes she'll wake up and and it turns off after 45 seconds so the rest of the night it's not on but sometimes she'll wake up and she'll either come in and she'll say hey mom can you turn this back on and i'll turn it back on and she'll leave and she'll go put herself back to bed and then sometimes she does it herself and she does that too um we had a bit of a kind of up and down when we first started no pull-ups at night and um after we stopped taking to the her to the bathroom in the middle of the night because i think she woke up when she had to go to the bathroom and so that and that made it a little harder for her to go back to sleep but overall she's she's she does really well um she was a short napper but she grew out of it i feel like my story with her is to say that um 
It is, it, it, it is limited. There was a time where I said, like, I was not going to have a second kid because sleep was so terrible. I was like 14, 15 months. I was like, there's no way that I can go through this lack of sleep again. Um, and, and here I am with baby number two. So, um, I really think that it's been a great learning experience and, I learned some things with her that I'm trying to change with this one, along with, bless you, other research as well. But I also want to make a note that she was a small baby. So Cassandra told us that 15 pounds was sort of the cutoff for um, having babies sleep through the night. And she wasn't 15 pounds till seven, eight months. So the fact that that's when we started doing sleep training worked out. Like, it was the prime time for her. She was actually able to sleep longer stretches and to do that. And I know that there's, um, you know, negative connotations with sleep training, but but I think it is. There is a certain point where, I mean, I have to sleep train myself sometimes. I have to retrain myself how to fall back to sleep once in a while if I'm going through a stressful period or that kind of thing. So I think it's really important to, to know that there's a lot of resources out there and also to be aware that, your kid is, you know, might be one way or another. So, um, anything you want to, before I I move on to the, to the baby? No, I think that's awesome. I I think a theme that I heard a lot was just respecting her feelings. And I think that is so important. And I think that also helps, I don't know, that's been something that's helped me get through things a lot. It's like, they're a baby. Like when you imagine what their world must be like, and they're just like in this dark place by themselves, if you're putting your baby in a crib, like that's gotta be pretty scary at first. So I feel like, you know, to me, I I would just remind myself that babies really weren't meant to sleep alone, but it's 2018. And our decision was to have him sleep in his own room. Um, And that was something that we were pretty firm on. And, you know, we were like, you know what, like, we can make this work, like, he's got to adapt to modern life here. But like, I think just keeping that in mind that it's not natural. So yes, I love that you're like, okay, just, you know, taking time to lie with him when he needs like, there's just times where I totally pull him out of the crib to like cuddle him more or get in the crib with him and cuddle him more. Um, Just because they just need that. And I think listening to their needs is so important and helps so much. So that's all. Go on. (laughs) Sounds good. And I did want to mention, so she ended up in her crib at two weeks old. Um, We had her in our room in a bassinet next to us, and we were all not sleeping well. She kept smelling me. Um, We figured out at the hospital that it was not good for us to be in the same room because uh, she just wasn't sleeping when we were at the hospital. And then so we sent her to the nursery, which they were like looking down at their noses. And I was like, I have not slept. (laughs) In four, three days, because we were at the hospital after my C-section for four days, uh, I need to sleep for three, no, keep her for three hours. And guess what? She slept the entire three hours in the nursery because she couldn't smell me anymore. I must have this really strong, like, oozing breast milk smell or something. You just smell so good. (laughs) Yeah. So, all right. So then the new baby, who is... Uh, she, uh, was about a pound heavier than my first one at birth. And the one thing that the first hospitals had me do was wake my baby up to sleep every three hours or to to feed every three hours. And they were like, you have to feed her every three hours. I was not going to do this with the second one. 
and I didn't, and they did not make me do it, and they just let me do my thing. So the first night in the hospital, she slept a five-hour stretch, and it was like, hmm, that's pretty cool. And uh, I think my milk came in day one, <laughs> maybe day two. It came <laughs> in really fast, and she regained her birth weight by day three or four. So all of that was just set us up really nicely for more sleep because she was getting the food that she needed and she was still in the newborn stage. So newborns do sleep a lot, but she, you know, she wasn't, she was getting used to sleeping longer stretches because she wasn't waking up hungry, which I think is huge. So that had absolutely nothing to do with anything I did. It just happened to be that she was a bigger baby and she was getting the, the, I had the milk supply to to support her and to sustain her. So that was that was great. And she got some like 7-8 hour stretches really early on and it all worked really well. And I do give her a pacifier. And the reason I give her a pacifier and I wanted to mention this with you was I do have a good milk supply. My babies cannot nurse for comfort. So otherwise they drown, right? Or they, she already has, um, spits up quite a bit. So I know that she needs extra suckling to like, that is a need that babies have. And if they are unable to nurse for comfort, which a lot of babies do, I mean, my kids are five minute nursers or, you know, she's on five minutes and then there's still milk there and she does not want it anymore. And she gets upset because she wants to nurse longer, but doesn't actually want to eat. So I think it's really important to recognize that there are reasons for a pacifier that, that it is, you know, um, I want to say a psychological need for babies to have that sucking interaction. And depending on your milk supply or whatever you end up doing, if you're bottle feeding, that kind of thing, then a pacifier can be really helpful for that developmentally. So I am not, I am not an anti-pacifier person. Um, so let's see. So she is pretty good. And then she started waking up as she got a little bit older and a little bit more alert. She did start waking up a little bit more often. So I will say last week, um, two weeks ago, Cassandra said, hey, you know, keep your, hold your baby at their best. And so I was like, you know what? She can go nine to 10 hours pretty regularly. So if she wakes up at that six to seven, let me see if I give her her pacifier, what, what'll happen? Will she go back to sleep or will she fuss again? And then I'll just feed her. So I tried it that night and she went right back to sleep. Like, before I even left the room. So I went in, popped the pacifier in, and then she went back to sleep for two more hours, and then I fed her. And it was great. And so that I sort of held her to that 9 to 10 hour stretch because I don't want her to then all, all of a sudden switch to wanting more milk during, at night. I don't want her, you know, I want her to get her nutrition in during the day. Um, I will say the one hard part with it, when she is going those 10-ish hours, that sometimes that's 5 a.m., and she's kind of awake after that. And that's, I mean, there was a time, let's see, I fed her at 5 o'clock at night, and she was wide awake at 5 o'clock in the morning, but she'd been asleep for, you know, 11 hours, which is okay. So I, I fed her, and then I called I called backup partner in there, and I said, hey, She's she's pretty alert. Can you be with her till she falls back to sleep? And he's he was on it. You know, he you know, he has offered to feed her bottles at night, but I do find it probably easier just for me to 
go in and, and feed her. And then if she doesn't go right back to sleep, then I send them in. So that's sort of how we do that sharing. And I also wanted to say, too, I have found that I do nurse her right before bed, but she almost never, because of the reflex and the spitting up, she almost never nurses to sleep, which my other one always nurses to sleep. But once I kind of take her, she might fall asleep while nursing, but once I take her off to burper, she wakes up because she's got a pretty full belly. She usually has to get a couple burps out, spit up a little bit. So that is definitely something um, our schedule is more based on when she last eats. It's like, okay, once she's eaten, she usually goes down for a nap an hour and a half to two hours after that. And then she nurses again when she wakes up and then um, all of that. But I'm thinking about trying – I was going to not do – schedule with with her because I felt like I had overscheduled my first but I based it on time versus of like between nursing and between feedings and between napping versus time of day so I think that's a really good idea to just say hey this is the time of day that we're going to do things and set the schedule because we obviously have one especially with my four-year-old to just kind of stick with so I think that I'm going to sort of see how we transition into this fourth month, which I know is one of the hardest transitions, and kind of adapt from there. Um, Yeah, we still swaddle. She still uses the pacifier. And I feel very lucky. She does not take long naps during the day. So it's something that I sort of have tried to work on a little bit by, like, leaving her in the crib for a little bit longer because she wakes up happy. But I've also found that if I leave her too long and she gets too upset, she then won't nurse. So um, I, I cannot let her cry for very long because, like, 10 minutes, which what Cassandra said, I, I couldn't do that because then I would it would take me half an hour to get her back down. Whereas if I go in at two minutes, it takes me three minutes to get her back down. So, yeah. I think that's it for my babies. That's awesome. Yeah, Marissa's Marissa's got stuff to say too. <laughs> no, I love that. And again, I just love the like just the differentiation between it's like two different kids, two different personalities, like you've learned different things, you know, you've heard different things. I just think it's so important to just pull everything together and do what works for your family. Yeah, and it is. I think that it's hard compare you you really shouldn't compare but you have friends that it's like oh well so-and-so sleeping through the night and -and so-and-so sleeping through the night and all of this but being on both ends it's not it's most of the time not you as a parent I mean all of the time it's not what you're doing it is your child there are some kids that wake up and just sleep through the night and there are some kids that don't there so there are some kids that need a little bit more help in those areas and you'll find that throughout their childhood that okay well you know what that came really naturally to so-and-so but we need a little a little help with that maybe the kid that sleeps through the night needs a little extra help to learn how to walk or you know to eat different foods or variety of foods or that kind of thing and it's just I think you posted a while ago about you know the uh it was it was the your example was nursing and hey if we nurse to sleep now is that is that the easier thing now and is it going to be harder down the road and i think that as a mother we need to take some of those easy things when we're in the thick of it when we're in that fourth trimester and just you know what i know this is going to be harder later 
but this is what I need now and to be okay with that. Totally. Yeah. I think just, I think I forget what my post said, but just being aware of it to me is the most important thing and be consciously making that decision. Um, just like we consciously made the decision to keep the pacifier. And I don't even want to think about the hell that's going to break loose when he try to take it away. He's going to have it until he goes to college. Um, <laughs> no, just kidding. Hopefully. But like, yeah, I think just being very conscious about it because I think there are certain things where, like for us, it was like, okay, we were nursing during the night because it was easier until all of a sudden it wasn't easier. Like you said, it's like all of a sudden it's like now instead of going three hours, now they're going two hours. And like, that's what was happening with Remy too. And we decided to night weed is like, he was needing to nurse more. And it's like things were, we were getting more sleep deprived because we were taking the, you know, quote unquote easier route, which worked for a while until it didn't work and so then we stopped it so I think just trying to like catch it before you get like too far in is so important or just being you know what like hell yes this is exactly what I'm going to do right now I understand that it might lead to this but this is my choice and just being really like I guess aware of that that's all (laughs) perfect well that's a wrap to all of our sleep talking thank you so much for joining us today Follow us on social media for news, updates, and calls for questions. You can find me, Beth, at Feeds of Real Eats, and Andrea, Dr. Andrea Moore, on Instagram and Facebook. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode and write us a review. Show notes for this episode and all podcast-related information can be found at realmomsreallife.com.